Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. We're husband and wife. We're also psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us on Soul Talks as we invite you into our home to share our hearts and our intimacy with Jesus in life, love, and leadership. It's great to have you back from your road trip with your mom. Thank you, honey. It's good to be home. It was a great blessing, though, to be able to take that trip. My mom, she grew up taking me on road trips, her and my dad. And it was a real special memory for me and for us. And now that my dad's not with us, she asked me if I would take a road trip with her up to see my sister in Seattle. Yeah, it's a long trip from Orange County up to Seattle. (laughs) It is. It's 20 hours without including stop. Yeah, two days of driving. Yeah, too long days. So I want to hear more about your experience with your mom listening to Brother Andrew's story, God Smuggler. You and she were listening to this uh, play on the, the recorder as you were driving and really inspired you. Yeah, she had the audio book and that was really a gift to listen to Brother Andrew's story as told in God Smuggler. And as I was listening to that on the way up, I just felt myself so inspired and encouraged and just praising God for his goodness and Christ for his, you know, work in Brother Andrew's life and Brother Andrew's responsiveness. And I found myself relating to his story and thinking, yeah, you know, I, God's done that for me, or I've experienced that. I know what he's talking about. You know, I've, I've seen God at work in my life or through me in those same ways. And they're really powerful. And it was, it was reminding me of God's story in my story as I was hearing God's story and Brother Andrew's story. So what are some examples in Brother Andrew's story that that stirred this recognition in you that God is alive and active in your life too? Well, I loved his story of, you know, being a boy who really didn't believe in God and the way that God continued to pursue him with his Mm. love and grace. And it was beautiful and it was surprising in some ways. And the way that God used godly people as agents of his grace. Mm -hmm. He tells this one story about this couple in town that were Christians and they were baking cookies. And I guess it was like a wood stove, kind of like we see nowadays in like a pizza fire, you know, and she was putting cookies in and he went and he plugged up the chimney. He put something on top of the chimney so the smoke wouldn't go out the chimney and it went and it filled their house with smoke and Mm -hmm. ruined the cookies and all that, just kind of mean prank type thing. And he never knew until later after he'd become a Christian and became discipled by these people that they knew it was him who did that. And that they had, you know, they'd forgiven him. They had never, they'd always been gracious with him and loving with him and drawing him to Jesus. Yeah. And so you're really appreciating how God is pursuing Brother Andrew there, even when he's in rebellion. Yeah. And then I was appreciating ways that God led him into the ministry that, you know, now we know today is open doors. Mm Mm-hmm. How God led him into that ministry was just hints and calls and lungs in his heart and venturing on God to do, what if he did this? What would God do? And Mm. then God, you know, just amazing him with what he did. And it was very much our story, Bill, with soul Mm. shepherding, you know, just following our good shepherd one step at a time Mm -hmm. and being amazed at what he does or what he has right around you know, that corner or that door he opens and you walk through and then it's like, wow, you know, I had no idea that that would be such an amazing avenue of God's glory and work and love. And it's, it's so exciting. I found myself rejoicing with what God was doing through Brother Andrew, but I also found myself rejoicing in what God's done 
through me. Mm. And I is equally unworthy as Brother Andrew felt. So you're just feeling the sense of happiness and honor at how the Lord is calling you into his work. Privileged, yeah. And I think, too, the the ways that Brother Andrew would experience God doing supernatural things that, you know, just are beyond physical reality in our world today. They're not things we expect. They're things that you see happen and you're like, that had to be God. Mm. There was no way that was my intelligence or my planning or my What's an example? I, I need that ins- inspiration today. <laughs> well, you know, there was, he, here he'd be at border crossings, you know, smuggling mm-hmm. in Bibles and even put Bibles on the seat because he was a man of integrity. You know, he didn't want to be manipulative. He didn't want to be deceptive. And God would close the eyes of these guards. You know, he'd see other people's cars getting taken apart. And he'd be sure that he was going to be next and he was going to be put in prison. And and mm. then, you know, he, the way he says it is God shut the eyes of seeing eyes and the ears of, you know, hearing ears. Mm. And he saw that multiple times, ways of protection. And then there's ways, you know, in our lives, we see God at work speaking to somebody in times we didn't even plan it. It wasn't even something we intentionally planned. You know, we're pretty intentional sometimes with our ministry work. And we'll see God do something with somebody that we're, we're with and we're working with in ways that surprise us. You know, we, it wasn't our planning, our intelligence, our education, our experience. Yeah, like recently God put it on Ponsonmo's heart to invest a big chunk of money in our ministry. We hadn't even asked for that. We'd never met and he didn't know anything about soul shepherding and it came at such a time of great need for our ministry, especially our ministry to Mexico. And that was just so encouraging to see the way God used that. It was just a simple uh, situation where we showed up in a setting and, and said a prayer and told a story and then God moved on somebody's heart That's without, right. without even asking. Yeah. And that happened with Brother Andrew. You know, at the very time he needed a car, Someone gave him a car. He didn't ask for it, but he needed it, you know. And the very time that car wore out, God provided a new car for him. And actually, there's one dramatic story where he's driving down the road, uh, his little blue Volkswagen, and he's on this country road, and he's driven at like, I think it was 900,000 miles or something like that. And it gives out. Hmm. And a mechanic comes by and asks him about his car and basically fixes it for him free of charge. And yeah. it, was just, it was such a, a God-ordained providential provision of the Lord. The writer to Hebrews says, uh, some of you have entertained angels unawares. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was an angel. Mm-hmm. Certainly yeah. God moving on someone to fix his car. Wow. Yeah. And he needed that to get those Bibles where God wanted them. Well, so this is a great need that we all have in our lives to see God at work. We might think, oh, well, Brother Andrew, he's out in the mission field. He's doing extraordinary things for God. And I can see why God would work miraculously in his life, but you know, I'm just the pastor of a small church or a mother caring for my kids or, you know, well, my ministry is I lead a small group and you know, gee, I work in the business environment. I'm not even in ministry. So how's God going to act in my life like this? Well, it's really important what you're saying, Bill, because I've been there. I've thought those things. I've felt that way, you know, in those years at home as a mom day in and day out that just feels so insignificant and tireless and mundane and draining. And I I feel forgotten by God a lot, you know, in those stages and days of life. And it's really important that we really look at our whole story and take time to do that. That was one of the gifts that your brother Andrew's story, he took time to share it with a couple who wrote the book, God Smuggler, and go through all of it, even yeah. those periods where he was working in a chocolate factory, and, mm. you know, years of that, and he felt like that. 
And, and he found God with him, even in the chocolate factory. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I've had the privilege of doing that because one of the things that I've done is look at my life story multiple times in different ways, doing timelines, mm-hmm. doing collages, answering questions. And as I've looked at my life story in detail and looked at the highs, the, the consolations, the peaks and the lows, the desolations, the pits, and looked at um, my experience of God with me in that and his action in my life through all of that, those stages, and him growing me and just kind of noticing, looking at my timeline and my story, noticing God at work in my life, I've been amazed. Oh, that's what you were doing there. Oh, wow, you really were teaching me there what I needed to know two decades later for here or for to bless this person with a greater sense of understanding and empathy and helping them understand how God's at work in their story. And so that's been a great gift to me to, to look at my story. Yeah. If we don't really reflect on our story, take the time to respond to those questions, to share the story with a soul friend, like you were doing with your friend, Jim, not long ago, as the two of you went through mm-hmm. a book and went through a timeline and, mm-hmm. and you and I have done that together a few different times. But if yeah. we don't take that time to really go in deep and ask the questions and tell the stories, we can miss what God's been doing. We can. And as part of our TLC, Spiritual Formation and Soul Care Certificate Program, we give people the encouragement and the opportunity to do this. And we give them some different ways, options of how they can do it. And it's always so encouraging to those that do it. They, they always say, thank you for giving me this encouragement and this opportunity because now I see where God really brought healing in my life here before and I'd forgotten or I'd kind of taken it for granted or I see I'm actually now grateful for this hardship that I went through and I was never grateful for it because I never really looked at it in the whole picture of my life and really saw God's action, how necessary it was that I go through that trial. Yeah, I'm thinking about a pastor who went through our TLC program, and he did this life story process that you're talking about and was telling the stories of his dad's alcoholism and rage and how uh, the just horribly uh, mean things that his dad said to him that were just so demeaning and uh, shattering of his self-esteem as a boy and how important it was for him to tell that story mm-hmm. and, and cry those tears and, mm-hmm. and just stretch out and be vulnerable with me in, in confidence to say, well, this is what happened and this is how I felt. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so he's, he's writing it out and he's telling it verbally and then he's sharing it even, you know, with others. And so the healing that he experienced in yeah. that and drawing closer to God through that whole process and seeing that, no, God was with me and the compassion of the Lord is there for me and God is, is my Abba. That's right. As he was reflecting upon his story, God was issuing him an invitation to grieve and to receive more of Christ's love and healing and empathy in his life through you and and others that he took courage to share it with. We're just so prone to skip over the things that are painful and just close our eyes and grin and bear it to get through it. And then when it's over with, oh, glad that's over with and not think about it anymore. But there's gold back there that we need to mine. Peter says, he says, your, yeah. your faith is of greater worth than gold in the trials of life that you go through. That's where the, your faith is refined, and more pure. Yeah. And Bill, I've noticed for you, as you have shared your story with me and worked on looking at your story, out of that, you mine treasures that then you are able to share with others. And God uses powerfully in ministry. That's one of the blessings for me about our ministry and particularly our, our soul shepherding devotional that... I've been writing for so many years, over 20 years now, I think, and I'm just continually telling stories, and many of them come from my life. And so 
It's really helpful to me. It's, it's sort of like journaling and asking God, what are you teaching me here? And how are you meeting me in this place of brokenness? And helps me to stay out of anxiety and shame, but come into the light of God's love. And then to see God's redemption, when we go through something really painful or, or unfair, and we're able to sense the compassion of the Lord meeting us there, perhaps through a brother or sister, like you're saying, and it begins to heal and not be so heavy. And we get to a place where we can share that story, maybe with other people, you know, in, in a Bible study or uh, with a friend who's struggling in a particular way. And we see how God now uses, you know, even as we have suffered and been hurt now, now the comfort of the Lord comes into our life, like Second Corinthians 1 talks about. And we can bless other people with that because we have more empathy for them. We can really move towards them and step into their shoes. And when we see God use our stories, particularly the painful stories, in that way, it really lifts our spirits. It really does. Yeah, and you know, I was even noticing as I was listening to this, and then we listened to another audio book of, of autobiography on the way home of a Christian leader. And the day before, we had heard in play a portrayal of a godly man's life who's been a real influence on me. And so I was thinking, wow, here I am in one week. I've gotten to hear three stories of really great godly men. God has worked powerfully in their lives. And as I was reflecting upon that, I was thinking, I think this is a gift of the Lord that he's wanting me to be encouraged in this time because right now we're facing a discouraging time in our story. We have a real need for our ministry and we're grieving a real loss of provision that God had given us that's now been removed and we don't know how God, you know, a door's been closed and we don't know the door God's going to open and we're waiting on him. Yeah, you're talking about our TLC uh, retreats and the housing for those. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it'd be helpful to unpack that for our listeners. Yeah, well, God had just provided beyond what we ever asked or imagined or dreamed and a wonderful housing for those retreats. And we learned recently that's not going to be available to us anymore. So we're in the, that's been a real grief, a real loss for us. And so we're in this place now where we're thinking, okay, God, what next? How are you going to provide? How are you going to lead? And it's been kind of hard. Like we're knocking on doors and they're not opening. They're not looking mm -hmm. good. They're looking discouraging. And so listening to these stories and remembering God doing these amazing things in people's lives and remembering the amazing things I've already seen him do help me to be inspired in my faith to continue to trust. This is his ministry. I don't believe he's done with TLC. I've seen him use it too powerfully. You know, we just got stacks of letters from about 60 different pastors, leaders, missionaries, all kinds of men and women who are really seeking hard after Christ and serving him with their life. And that's who TLC is for, is to help all of us be more effective, more fruitful in our ministry for the Lord, whatever kind of ministry that might be. We especially key in, of course, on the, the pastors and church leaders. But we've had all kinds of people come through TLC, including really dedicated Christians in business who really want to make a difference for Christ in the marketplace and so forth. And yeah, they just tell us time and again how they're drawn so much closer to Jesus and the experience of being in such an authentic community with a vulnerability and transparency and uh, meeting Christ, the risen Christ who's present in the community, practicing different spiritual disciplines together, solitude and silence and scripture meditation and, and soul talk and these kinds of things. And it's just really enlivening for them and for their ministry. They tell yes, us how much it it's is. helping them. And well, they're, they're we taking see it. We see the growth and the transformation in their life, and it is exciting. So very early on, you know, we both just had the sense, well, yeah, this is sad, and of course we're grieving, and we're, we're tempted to be afraid, you know, uh, where are we going to find such a nice uh, home as we had before to house 
14, 15 pastors or leaders, you know, away uh, for the TLC training and, and retreat context. But we had the sense, no, God's going to do something good here. And uh, God is working wonderfully and redemptively in ways that we haven't yet seen. And so we're going to keep uh, knocking on doors and try different options and sort of rethink the models to how we've been doing this in terms of the context and the housing and, and trust the Lord. That's all right. So that's a story in progress. That is a story in progress. And we all have stories in progress. And that's our opportunity to be encouraged to trust God at work and to participate with him. Maybe I could share a scripture and then you might close us in prayer. It's Romans chapter 8. I just love these verses here for our topic of God's work in your life story. This is the message version, uh, verse 11. If the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God, it's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? Praise mm-hmm. the Lord for that. That's yes. not just a salvation passage. Yeah, of course it is that, but it's also an ongoing life passage yes. of, of God, the risen Christ, present in our life and leading us step by step, comforting us, encouraging us. Thank you, Papa, our loving Father, for your action in our life. You're leading and guiding and teaching and loving us into maturity and entrusting us more and more with these wonderful gifts you have for us and responsibilities you trust us with and how you honor us with bearing your name and being your ambassadors. I pray, Lord, for each of our listeners that they would continue to trust you to be leading them, your power to be working in them and through them, that they would take time to reflect on the story that you're writing in their lives and to give you praise. Amen. Well, friends, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We invite you to our website, soulshepherding.org, where you'll find over 700 free resources, including these Soul Talks. You also can find our newly published book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Until next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.